significant power in our lives. There is no doubt that the words that we choose to live with can either create life or death in our minds, in our hearts, and in our souls. And the words that other people use against us also hold significant power. As the Bible says, there is life and death in the tongue. Today we're going to be talking about the way that words are used, but specifically the way that words are used from the enemy. I'm Lauren Jacobs, although you heard it chosen my God, and I welcome you to this section, this devotional section on my website, Heartbeat. So welcome. Last time where I spoke to you in this devotional section, I spoke about Nehemiah, and we're going to be continuing with Nehemiah. And I'm going to move on down from chapter 1, where we were last time, to chapter 4, verses 1 through to 3. Last time, I say to you that Nehemiah was a cupbearer to King Artaxerxes in a time when the Jewish exiles were trying to rebuild in Jerusalem. But he heard that the walls were broken down and that the gates were not built. And God gave him a vision to return to Jerusalem and to help the people rebuild. He kept that vision very, very close to his heart. But then he shared it with the people. And when he shared it with the people, something began to happen. You see, the enemies of Israel and the enemies of the Jewish people began to see the work that they were doing and began to hear about what they were doing. And they became very, very angry. And they were greatly incensed, the Bible says, against the people of God. And so in Nehemiah 4, it says that Sanballat, a man named Sanballat, he heard that they were rebuilding the wall. He became angry and greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews and in the presence of his associates and the armies of Samaria, he said the following, What are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from these heaps of rubble as burnt as they are? Then Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, What are they building? Even a fox climbing up onto it would break down their wall of stones. The Israelites were building the broken walls in a time of great uncertainty. And there was great hardship that was going on. In Israel at that time, they were building among enemy people, but they were also building among ruins. But their task was a holy one. It was a heaven-ordained task that had been placed in the heart of Nehemiah and had now been birthed in the heart of the people. Yahweh himself, the God of Israel, he chose the time and the exact season for the remnant to return and to begin to rebuild the ruins of the holy city. The same is so, so true for our very own lives, friends. Because our Father can birth something amazing inside of our hearts. He can build into us an idea, a dream, a vision, and we choose to move forward in action. We are putting faith and strength and action on the line, and we are moving forward. But we cannot think that just because we are moving forward with a powerful dream and vision, and we are excited about that dream and vision, we cannot think that the enemy, the true enemy of mankind, and the true enemy of our souls, is just going to let us move forward. You and I both know that that is not going to happen. So many times I've found in my own life, when I've stepped out into a vision or into a dream, that God has birthed inside of my heart so deeply. I'm sometimes caught of God because the enemy throws things my way. He will throw things your way too. And he will throw them very specifically with a very specific task. And he will aim every arrow uniquely into your heart and into your life. 
Here we see that Israel's enemies take the form of three violent men who maliciously try and stop the plans of God from working in the lives of God's holy people. But the father protects their lives and also these three men even plot to kill Nehemiah himself. But the father is never ever caught of God. So the words though and the accusations that happen in chapter 4 of Nehemiah have very very specific intent and that's what we need to see. The intention of Israel's enemies was to stop the work, was to dishonor and discourage the people and bring despair upon them. For me, Sanballat's words are fashioned to cause doubt. He says things that will cause doubt. His voice sounds very, very strong. He sounds like he's very much in authority and in power, and he has a powerful position. He also surrounds himself with other people who make trouble. Do you know anybody like that? Almost someone that stands in the middle and gets a group of people together so that they can attack someone altogether. This is the funny thing about it, is that sometimes a person can have a certain kind of spirit in them that's against the work of God, and they will bring people to their side, and that they will speak against somebody who is doing the holy work of God. We need to be so discerning and so sharp in our spirit to see that. So Sambalad, he surrounds himself with fellow troublemakers, and they join him in belittling the people of God. Sanbalat's words are very, very specific. They are there to cause doubt. And they seem to hold some level of truth in them because they are said with power and authority. But the truth of the matter is that his words are merely there to stop the work. And so they are devious lies against the people of God. I've been involved with working with abused women for many years. And my main focus area when I was a researcher and when I was writing my thesis for my master's degree was the impact, the very, very deep impact that verbal abuse has on our lives, on our hearts and our souls. So when I look at Sanbalat's words, I see how deeply this can impact people. But the truth is, on the other hand, when I look at Tobiah's words, Tobiah speaks less than Sanbalat does here in Nehemiah 4. But his words to me are the deepest form of ugly. His words are abusive and they're fashioned to break down the spirit. In other words, they cause inner emotional torment and they are belittling. His words belittle, they abuse and they break down. And it's the same, it, same thing is true for us. You know, our enemy, the enemy of our souls is not just going to often just approach us just as an invisible person. He's going to use people that will use words that will break you down. He will lie to you. He will slander your soul. He will use words like you're a failure. You're not worth anything. You're stupid. Nothing you do matters. No one loves you. No one cares about you. You bring nothing to this world that matters. He will say things like that. He will even tell you that God has deserted you in your time of pain, in your time of need. But that is not the truth. Sometimes we don't even realize that we are being mocked spiritually. We can see sometimes the enemy, yes, may be standing against us by using a physical person. But sometimes he actually attacks you by whispering. Whispering happens when you're just suddenly exposed to something that begins to happen in your mind. Or one day you wake up and realize you actually believe something about yourself that you've never believed before. And what you believe about yourself is incredibly negative. And it's incredibly something that has been used as an incredibly hard stumbling block to get you to stop the work that you've been fashioned to fulfill. So there are two ways that the enemy uses words to break you down. Often it happens through someone else, be it a spouse, be it a colleague, be it a friend, be it a family member. But then other times, the enemy will use whispering. 
Be alert and be aware to when you suddenly have things enter your mind or when you're suddenly aware that you feel something and think something that is not of you. Be aware. So here's that time where we need to discern, where we need to stop. Take out your journal, take out a piece of paper and think to yourself, are you currently dealing with doubt in your life? How is your mind at the moment? Is it a battlefield? What emotions are you struggling with? Are there words that someone else is slinging at you? Are you believing false accusations? Are there words of deception going on? Is the enemy maybe whispering to you about your identity in your Messiah that's not true? Take time to pray about this and, and appeal to the throne of grace. Ask Messiah Yeshua to reveal to you alone what the truth is about your life. And if there are things that have been spoken to you that shouldn't be. And then replace the lies of the enemy with the words of Messiah. Here's some scriptures to get you started on replacing those lies with truth. Always replace the lie the enemy speaks to you with profound truth. Use the word of your God. That's why he's given it to you. Here's two to get you started. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work. That is, he is strengthening you, energizing you, creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose, all for his good pleasure. Hallelujah that he is working in you in such a powerful way. And then I want to speak to you, Ephesians 2.10, and I want to speak this over you. If you're looking for a scripture to hold on to about your identity and your calling, hold on to this one. And I pray that these words will really speak over your spirit today. For we are his workmanship, his own masterpiece, his work of art, his poetry, created in Jesus Christ, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for all good works, which God has prepared for us beforehand, so that we may walk in these good things, so that we may live the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. That's the amplified version of the Bible that's so specific. God has given us everything we need for this life and for godliness. Lastly, I want to tell you that although Nehemiah and the people endured these weary words from the enemies, that is something that truly blesses me and encourages me, and I hope it will bless and encourage you. They turned around in Nehemiah 4 verse 6 and they said, So we rebuilt the wall until all of it reached half its height, for the people worked with all of their heart. Nothing that the enemy did made them discouraged. They didn't lean into discouragement, but they worked with all their hearts. And the outcome was the finished work that defied even the minds of their enemies. Thank you for joining me. I'm Lauren Jacobs, author of You Heard It Chosen by God.